I would like to introduce, we're very excited, this first hour is gonna be our first senior town hall uh, with, uh, with our senior law day program. And today, you, by the way, will be in this room all day long. So all the presentations are gonna be in this room back to back. So everything you see on the program, it's all here. So you're in the right place. And uh, our first hour is going to be uh, our three commissioners, one from Pitkin, Eagle, and uh, Garfield counties. We are very fortunate to have them here with us today. Steve Child has been a Pitkin County resident since 1961, is a graduate of Basalt High School and Stanford University with a degree in biology. He is serving his second term as county commissioner. And uh, we have uh, Jean McQueenie, of course. She's been a resident of Eagle County for 27 years. She has a master's degree in early childhood special education and a bachelor's degree in elementary education. John Martin, who will be joining us, has served the public for nearly 25 years in law enforcement with the city of Glenwood Springs Police Department and he is now serving his seventh term as Garfield County Commissioner. So if you will please welcome our commissioners this morning. <clears throat> I will start with the questions that we have for each of them. Um, we sent them a couple of questions uh, before the event, and then we, of course, have the questions toward the end of, the, of this hour that we'll be asking them from the audience. So the first question, um, let's make sure the microphone is working. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Um, so the first question, we'll start with um, Steve Child. Uh, what are, and I, this is the question for each of the commissioners, is what are the issues that you feel are most pressing for seniors in your county? Well, first of all, thanks for having us here today. It will always welcome uh, the opportunity to talk about aging issues, or for that matter, any issues facing our counties I think really the the most pressing issue for the seniors living in our community is a housing question um, land prices are high the people who have been there for many years are able if they have their housing already they're able to continue living there although when property taxes increase for someone on a fixed income it puts them in a financial bind, and that does actually drive some of our senior citizens to sell their homes and move somewhere else. Uh, for someone who is retiring in the community and maybe they're living in affordable housing, uh, there's an, always the uh, discussion about shouldn't they leave their affordable housing unit that they've been living in for maybe their whole career and let some young family move into it, but then where do they move? Because there just is a lack of um, affordable or suitable housing for seniors. Um, also, the, the question of isolation is a, is a big one. We have a lot of seniors in Pitkin County who are living in the more remote parts of the county, up the Crystal River, up the Frying Pan, um, up by Lenado, these different small, small valleys that are really uh, kind of hard to get from there to the population centers and where most of the activities are. And so it's a challenge for people to to stay connected and not become kind of a recluse just staying staying in their home. Um, food is an issue. Food security is an issue for a lot of our seniors, especially those who are living on a fixed income. And so that's something that we are addressing in the county. We've increased our, our uh, lunches at the senior center we've added Thursday now so now we have Monday Wednesday Thursday and Friday we have have the lunches at the senior center this helps people a lot and when there are leftovers people are allowed to take those home so sometimes they get two meals for themselves from um, while they're there at the senior center so I would say 
those are the biggest issues we're facing in Picking County. Thank you. I'll, I'll add my appreciation as well for all of you showing up today to, to join us on this, um, this day of, of information sharing, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I will clarify, make it a little bit easier for you to remember who I am. It really is Jeannie McQueenie. Um, most people think it can't possibly rhyme, and so they try and make it Jean McQueenie. But really, it's Jeannie McQueenie. So <laughs> I, I am thrilled to be here. And um, in terms of the question, I'll, I'll echo a lot of what um, Steve shared. The, the issues, if you were to ask anybody in Eagle County what the issues are, the most pressing issues for the residents, they would unanimously say um, housing, affordable housing, um, next would probably be transportation, and third on the list would be childcare. So if we take that out, the issues that affect the, the aging population of Eagle County are, are similar. They're just amplified, I think, um, in, the, in the senior population. So um, I'll echo what Steve had to say, too, about being isolated and lonely. And, and that is a an issue that affects a lot of Eagle County residents because we simply are a group of transplants that came here and maybe moved away from family. And so as we age here, it becomes more difficult when we there's no one um, that we're related to that we can rely on. And so it's sometimes easier to, to rely on those people we're related to. And so how do we deal with this uh, issue of feeling isolated and lonely if we don't have our um, relatives nearby. So we are tackling, um, same as, as Pickin, and I'm sure if John was here um, now, he would also say it's housing. And how can we make housing more affordable? What can we do for the residents, uh, including our, our senior residents, um, to make housing um, attainable and and as we said, you know, when, especially when you're on a fixed income and taxes keep going up, um, what can we do? What can we do with the home that maybe is outgrown because there's, there's only a couple of people living in it as, as opposed to an entire family? And so how do we downsize? But, but wait, I, I own this house and I can't afford to buy something different. And so um, those issues are um, the, our most pressing right now. Um, we, we didn't talk too much about transportation, but um, it, that is, uh, in, the, in the Eagle River Valley, we have the Eco Transit, but um, that's limited, the paratransit, not everyone is eligible for, so how do we really build out a system of getting folks to where they need to be um, and feeling connected to the community so that they, they can get out and about as opposed to um, feeling sort of isolated in their home. And so that's, those are our, our three big issues we're tackling. So the first year we had a um, transportation issue with one of our presenters and Judy Martin ended up filling in as a speaker. So I'm gonna nominate her as a placeholder for John Martin if um, anyone in the back there can grab Judy and ask her if she will, I, I think she did a great job that first year filling in. So we're gonna see if she can have a seat and just speak to the issues uh, as she uh, is a as many of you know her through the Senior Center in Garfield County, perhaps she can speak to some of the issues in Garfield County that they are addressing. But until she is here, uh, if I could ask you to specifically speak about programs that are underway in your counties to address these issues, particularly housing. Okay, um, first of all, if I could talk a little bit about the transportation oh, of course. part, which I, I didn't really talk much much about that. I implied it in the isolation factor. But uh, in the Roaring Fork Valley, the Roaring Fork Transit Authority rafta buses are free for anyone over 65 years old. And so that is a huge help to many people. Um, you can, if you can get to the bus stop, and in my case, I'll drive for seven miles from my house to the bus stop, then I park the car, and then I let the raft of 
driver handle the driving and the road conditions and the crazy traffic on Highway 82. It makes is, it really easy to get around. Is there a particular identification card seniors need to obtain? Who well, are you can 65? use a driver's license or you can get, there are cards with a photo ID that, um, and my photo ID, it looks like a really bad selfie picture, but they, they never question that it's me. Um, a fellow bus rider laughing. <laughs> she probably has a funny picture too. Uh, we also have a senior van which will go as far as uh, um, the Aspen uh, Jerba. It goes to Jerbaz, but no further. So in the closer to the Aspen area, people can get rides uh, to go to the senior lunches, to go to doctor's appointments, to go shopping um, from RAFTA. It's a RAFTA service. So. We, for those in the upper valley, there is pretty good transportation system. Uh, for those living other parts of the county, it, it makes it's harder to get around, definitely. So in terms of housing, um, one of the issues of housing is affordability. The other one is having the right type of housing. And so there are many things that that need to be done to um, make existing houses more livable for seniors. There are things that uh, if you end up with a walker or a wheelchair, you need wider doorways. You don't want to have a lot of stairs in your house. Uh, you need to have grab bars in the bathroom to get up and down and to help prevent you from s slipping and falling. Um, you need to have door handles that you're able to operate with your hand, um, different things like that. And so I'm actually not certain the status of the building code for in Picking County itself, but that's something that is on our radar to, to try to get more livable housing for seniors. And when new housing is built, make sure that it that is taken into consideration. Um, most of Picking County is at a higher elevation, which presents problems for a lot of people who end up being on oxygen, myself included. Every night now, I have oxygen going all night long. Um, therefore, many people want to move down to a lower elevation when when they get older, just so they can breathe easier and they don't have to be hooked up to the oxygen. So that necessarily means they're looking to move, if they're in the Roaring Fork Valley, down into Eagle or Garfield County or somewhere at a lower elevation. Or many people end up moving to Mesa County, which is much lower elevation. Um, so the affordability piece on building new housing of any type, um, the availability of land is really the, the big issue. And there's many efforts in the valley right now to, to acquire and build affordable housing projects. Um, there's fewer that are directed specifically towards senior housing. And my preference really would be to have housing be for multi-generational. You make the housing suitable for seniors to live in, but then if you can create a community where it's a multi-age from retired people clear down to people with uh, young, young children and school-aged children and, work, and workers all in the same housing project, makes for a more vibrant kind of a community. And I think that's what we should strive for as much as possible. Um, that also helps the childcare, could help the childcare situation where you can have a retired person being a surrogate grandma or grandpa and taking care of some young kids in their, in their neighborhood. So um, the cost of land, the cost of building new housing is a challenge here that we're everybody, all the counties are having to deal with.
I want to thank Judy for an impromptu appearance. Judy, <laughs> if, uh, if you could briefly, if, I'm uh, uh, putting you on the spot, I know, but uh, what would you say are the most pressing issues you find seniors are, are on the minds of seniors in Garfield County? Okay, and I'm gonna be speaking from my perspective, not from the county commissioners, because I don't represent them. <laughs> um, so I'm Judy Martin with Senior Programs for Garfield County. Um, the issues I hear most frequently are housing, affordable housing, um, some food insecurity, um, some mental health needs that are not being met in the western part of our county, um, and are the ones that I hear kind of on a routine basis. We just opened up a brand new senior housing in Newcastle that had 50 units that had a wait list before it opened of 120. So that's pretty common for us. Um, but we are lucky in our county because we have senior housings in each of the communities, which um, does not exist elsewhere. Um, what seems to be being built in our valley in Garfield County is assisted living facilities, but the ones that they are building are um, private pay only, which is a, another whole issue because we have a lot of people who cannot afford to pay for assisted living for long term, and when their money runs out, those facilities are expecting those people to leave and go somewhere else. <laughs> um, so um, that I think those are the issues I'm hearing most frequently. And Jeannie, if we can pass the mic down to you, what programs are you aware of in your county that are uh, underway to specifically address the, the, cons uh, the issues that you've identified? Yeah, so uh, Eagle County is fortunate in, on one hand that we do have two um, apartment complexes for seniors. Um, so if that works out for you, it's a great environment. It, they're absolutely lovely facilities. They're located right in downtown Eagle and, and um, near the library and, and near downtown, and they work out really well. The unfortunate thing is there's a five to seven year waiting list. So um, if that works out for you, it's a great option, but um, if not, it's a, it's a long wait. We do have the Castle Peak Senior Center, which has recently opened, I say recently, but I guess it, we're going on years now. Um, but um, right next door to that, we, are, uh, we have broken ground and are building a uh, workforce housing I can't remember the number of units right now, but the plan is that in seven to 10 years, Castle Peak will actually purchase it from the county and it will become independent living. So it'll be sort of a, an add-on to the Castle Peak Senior Center. And um, it has been, is being built to accommodate, uh, like there's an elevator, there's wider doorways, it will accommodate the needs of independent living to uh, make it attractive to Castle Peak to purchase that from us, and so then we can invest in other workforce housing. So um, I do know that there is a, um, there is an approval through the town of Gypsum for an adult community, 55 and older, and we keep trying to encourage that developer to get that built. There, it's one phase of what he's planning, and we keep saying there are people who are waiting for that to be developed. Like, put that first as opposed to phase two of your operation. Um, we're, we're encouraging people to call him up and tell him how important it is to get that piece started because they will be um, smaller, which will make them slightly more affordable um, than, than what they are now. Um, I'll tell you, the county plans to uh, partner with them to see how we can help to make them more affordable as they move along in their, develop, in their um, building process and getting that done. Um, it is a priority of ours to find um, more affordable housing. We do recognize that if we can find and develop places that have slightly um, smaller square footage that are all on one level, it's much more attractive to someone who's trying to stay in the community but doesn't need all the square footage and might want to avoid stairs and, and make things more um, accessible as they get older. So how can we um, encourage that kind of development so that the home that they're currently living in becomes available to, you know, they sell it and make a profit and they're able to buy their next home, which is slightly smaller, 
we have the benefit of a larger home that might be used for a family or, or something. And so it, it really does create sort of a domino if we can um, find uh, mixed generational kind of housing within the community. So um, the, other than that, we don't have a whole lot of, um, it, we um, here in the Algebel area, I know that there's a piece of property that the county is looking at in terms of working with the Forest Service who would like to uh, transfer ownership of one of their pieces of property. And one of the ideas is that senior housing is an important um, commodity here in the Roaring Fork Valley that that might be very suitable for. So, um, and if anyone's worked with the Forest Service before, it goes slowly. But we are, we are there, we're having conversations, we're seeing what we can um, possibly work out with them. And, and Judy, are you aware of any programs underway that you're hearing about to specifically address the housing crunch? Sure, and Carbondale um, construction just began two months ago on Sopris Lodge. Um, and what it is, it's, it's an interesting combination. It has independent living, it will have um, assisted living, and then on the second floor of the assisted living building will be a, um, a memory care unit. So it's actually merging in with that independent living, which we've not seen anywhere else in our valley. Um, they're planning on opening that up, I believe the projected date is July of next year. Um, and that's the only one that I'm aware of that's currently under construction right now. There could be other things pending at the county, but I, I don't know the answer to that one. So one thing that we are doing in Picking County, um, Picking County itself has purchased the, the Phillips Mobile Home Park. Um, there are many people living in there who are senior citizens who have lived there for many years it's a lot of funky housing in there and they all they love their houses and it was in danger of being bought by a private person and the trailer park would have been removed so there were that's 42 homes that we rescued from the bulldozer basically we have plans there i mean we we don't have a development plan yet but the thinking of the commissioners is that we will add quite a few more units there and of a variety. Some of them, they won't necessarily be mobile homes, but we, we'll probably have some townhome kind of construction and perhaps some uh, one area is would be more suitable for closer to a tiny home kind of construction, as well as regular um, mobile homes to be brought in. So that will provide more opportunities for uh, just affordable housing in general. Can anyone share percentage-wise, what percentage of your county is comprised of, uh, and, and how you define seniors in your county, and what percentage of your, of your county is comprised of seniors by your definition? Have those numbers? Okay. <laughs> I'd have to ask Chad. Chad, does. Chad knows those numbers. Chad's the one who could answer <laughs> for us. And in fact, Chad, if you you probably have more statewide and thirty percent, thirty percent for picking, picking county. county. Okay. And do you have any knowledge whether that's uh, that's um, representative of of Garfield and Eagle or any Garfield's higher, Eagle okay. and picking their rather similar, um, and it's kind of similar in the mountain region of Colorado. And is there a number of, uh, as far as growth, I know you just know this in front, so I wanna grab it from your brain real quick before you put that mic away. So as far as this, the, the rate of increase, as far as the growing aging population, what are some numbers that you've heard that are pretty staggering? We're kind of stealing our thunder for this afternoon. Oh, okay, then I'm But <laughs> um, it, a, a rather steady increase over the next, at least few decades. Got it. Okay. Thank you. And and I will just say I don't know the exact number, but we have heard, and I don't know. Um, I didn't read your full agenda, but if you're hearing from the demographer, we've been hearing from the from the demographer for a number of years about the um, growing population of of aging adults in our community, 
And um, that is why we are being as proactive as we can. We recognize that this is a problem. The housing issue is going to become more of a problem for us if we don't um, be a little bit more proactive and, and see what we can do to um, find additional places for seniors to continue to be part of our community. How frequently do you find you're having a conversation about senior issues in your job? How frequent is it? Has it is it, is it well, the most pressing issue? It, it is not the most pressing issue. I happen to be the commissioner that sits on the board for our um, the two housing um, developments that we have, the apartments for seniors. So I hear about that. We get an update every couple of months from our senior um, coordinator, and um, we get an update on the healthy aging goals that we have and that kind of thing. So um, I don't know that the we hear directly from seniors calling us up and as, as commissioners, but they do have a network of support through our um, different programs that then funnel up to us. So in Picking County, we get reports to the commissioners four times a year from our human services, which includes the senior services department. But also, I attend the senior council meetings as a BOCC representative, and so I will many times take take issues of concern back to the commissioners, and we will just to have them all be aware of when there are issues out there. Our next question pertains to the issue of isolation and loneliness. We're finding that to be of great concern to uh, the seniors we're serving uh, as uh, nonprofits who serve the senior population. What are you aware of specifically to address the issue of isolation and loneliness in your county? Okay, um, Picking County's doing a couple of things to directly address this issue. Um, the first one is uh, the senior services has started going up to Redstone twice a month and they will do activities up there including a lunch and uh, different, different activities during the course of the day. There are a lot of seniors in the county who live on, along the Crystal River and this gives them a, an easy way to, to get um, involved with other people and um, I haven't really heard statistics on like how it is actually helping end the isolation for people but I know that we've gotten nothing but good feedback from the people along the Crystal River. Um, a second thing which we just started is participating with a, a nonprofit group called A Little Help and there is now a Roaring Fork chapter of A Little Help, and a couple of weekends ago, we held the first work day on a Saturday, and volunteers from the community went to 22 different houses in the upper Roaring Fork Valley to do kind of fall projects for the, the people who live in those houses. Now, the the main purpose of this is not to get those chores done, although that helps the person. The main purpose of it is to have uh, the personal engagement between the volunteers and the senior, uh, to give, have a point of personal contact and get to know, get to know the people who are living there, um, talk about whatever they want to talk about, uh, it's a way to to um, lessen the social isolation because uh, if someone's living in their home, they're getting older. Um, one woman whose home I went to, she's in her 90s. And I don't think she gets out very much in the community anymore. And she was, it was just a delight to spend time washing windows at her house and getting to know her. So. That, that, I think, is probably going to grow exponentially as word gets out that a little help is doing projects a couple times a year in the Roaring Fork Valley. And it's a way that uh, to end the isolation of a lot of the seniors. 
Thank you. I think our um, biggest impact in terms of the social isolation is around our senior meals that we have in the three different locations in the Valley, um, including Elgebel. And um, they really work to connect people socially. The, the food insecurity issue, but nutritious meals are important, but the, the visiting with one another is, is really the, the bigger benefit. I was just hearing from Mandy about the exercise program, that there are so many, um, there, there are so many people showing up for exercise class that there's not enough room. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting problem to have, but we will find a way to um, make sure that these programs can continue to grow if we need to find additional space. But those are the, those are the links that we have for people. The, um, the transit, the, um, what, I have to remember what we're calling it, but there's a new, we're trying to reinvigorate the volunteer driver program. So, so there's a way to just simply sign up to be a driver. The ad is, um, is really being pushed out by social media and um, it, it really is about if you have an hour, sign up, maybe you can, you can be available to drive a senior that night needs to get somewhere. But it is that link to other people. It's helping them get out and about, but it is also forming that connection. So um, if, we, if you were to go to um, Healthy Aging Eagle County, you would um, be able to, to sign up if you have an extra hour in your day and, and maybe be that person. So I think that will be uh, a next big um, initiative for us is to really reinvigorate that program. The, um, the partnerships that we have with our local communities, the library is, is a great social hub. Um, we have libraries in each of our communities that, um, that are, are just wonderful meeting places. And um, our rec center in Avon is where we do the senior lunch and, and it has a great program for the seniors when they're there as well. So um, it's, it's forming those connections, getting people out. Um, if, if you go with the senior luncheon and, and you get to understand the whole um, library system or the whole uh, rec system and what is all available there, you might find it something that, that is um, something you want to do on other days as well. And so, again, getting that riding system up and running so that people can get out when they want to and get to the things that they want to get to um, is, is going to be really important for us. It's not just doctor's appointments. It really is about just wanting to get out to be available and participate in the community. I think I can handle Garfield on this one. Um, one is we have seven meal sites throughout the county that does a congregate lunch at noon, um, various locations on different days. Um, we work in conjunction with our two hospitals who run our Meals on Wheels program so that for people who are homebound, um, they get a visitor as well as getting meals dropped off. We have made arrangements with um, those Meals on Wheels program, we have um, two individuals who live 20 miles outside of the city limit of Silt, <laughs> and which is too far for Meals on Wheels. Um, but we bring them in for our senior lunch on Wednesday, and then the Meals on Wheels meets us at the lunch site and drops off a week worth of meals. So um, kind of those kind of um, get-togethers. Um, with the traveler doing transportation throughout the county, um, we've really kind of, uh, through that program, we're able to get folks out of their homes, not just to doctor appointments, but to other activities. Um, we spent last year getting additional people trained to teach in our Well and Wise classes. Um, we currently have 11 Tai Chi classes going on in the county right now, which is the highest we've ever had. <laughs> Um, all by volunteer instructors, except for my two paid staff. Um, we are the backup. If somebody is not available, we're hopping in to teach. Um, we also have a Cookie Matters class going on now. We work in conjunction with the libraries and actually teach some of our classes at the libraries as well. Um, I think that the object is to uh, meet people to get them to do what they want to do. Some people choose to stay home and really don't want to get out and about. Um, but then that's where I'll actually refer them over to like High Country RSVP to make sure like they're getting their, their Medicaid ship stuff handled now through open enrollment or if they want to volunteer and maybe even inside their own building or elsewhere, they can hook them up with volunteer activities as well. Okay. 
And of, uh, you mentioned high, uh, high country RSVP. The, again, the list of exhibitors on the back who are outside who have a table uh, to talk with you about resources being provided to address this issue as well. Ms. Uh, Steve, sorry to interrupt you. Did I interrupt you? I didn't interrupt you. Were you going to say? Um, to tag on to one, one thought that came into my head when Jean was talking, um, Pickin County has the right to build 5,000 square feet by the Elgibel building, um, the Eagle County building in Elgibel. And many times the, where the senior lunches are held is actually the courtroom there. And there are times when there, you know, there are conflicts and they have to vacate that space. They can't hang out there sort of all afternoon. And the thought crosses my mind that it would be a, that's an opportunity that we should explore between Eagle County and Pickin County that maybe that 5,000 square feet could be built on the back, the back side of where the courtroom is to the senior act. Okay, I'm hoping the battery is not running out. If it is, I have a replacement battery. So I'm going to um, perhaps dislodge this so that I can, let me turn it off so it doesn't make a loud noise. Okay, so we're gonna move on into the questions we've been gathering from some of our audience members. One, uh, a Crystal Valley resident wants to know, when will community TV return so we can access commissioners' meetings? Also, grassroots both have been off the air for more than a year. So if anyone can speak to that, I'm gonna hand you this mic and I'm gonna replace the battery on that one. So um, the Pickin County Communications Department has a very robust um, project to replace all of the equipment in all of the translator systems. And the Elephant Hill one on, along the Crystal River is, um, has had a lot of the upgrades. Um, I think there is still more to come. There, there has been issues with uh, the grassroots television across the whole county. And it was not related to Elephant Hill, but it was related to one of the translator sites close to Aspen that the equipment failed and has not been replaced yet. So uh, I don't know where that is on the schedule. I will bring that up at the commissioner's meeting and see if we can uh, light a fire under that to, to get it back. Um, I've heard from a lot of people who live in Eagle and Garfield counties that they watch our commissioner meetings on grassroots TV. So I think it's an um, important public service. I know that the Garfield County commissioner meetings, you can actually view them while they're happening on your computers by just going on to the county webpage, which is garfield-county.com, and go under Board of County Commissioners, and you can join in live and see it. Um, there are also videotapes so that if you miss a live one and want to sit through the meeting, you can watch it at another time. I think almost everybody does that. Okay, and, and just to remind everyone, uh, if. If a friend of yours uh, who could not be here uh, wants to be viewing this, right now we are live streaming this event from our Facebook page, alpinelegalservices.org.org. Uh, at the bottom, click on the Facebook icon and you can, and you can watch this being live streamed. So if you want to let others know uh, by text or, or give them a call, they can also be watching this live. Okay, I have a question from a Garfield County resident. Are we moving toward better infrastructure for transmitters for cell and internet service? And I'm gonna be honest with you, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So what, what were the categories again? Uh, are we, the question? Are we moving toward better infrastructure for transmitters for cell an internet service. Okay, in terms of the internet service, Garfield County and Pitkin County have a joint agreement 
we were each doing our uh, broadband systems separately, and then we we applied for a joint grant through through the Department of Local Affairs through the state, got the grant, and we actually tied our two systems together uh, with Sunlight Mountain being the point where the two meet to meet in the middle. And um, by doing the joint project, we were able to cut costs of the whole system considerably. Uh, we actually provided more points of contact between the the broadband system and fiber optic cables in in Glenwood, in Basalt, and in Aspen, and I think perhaps down in Rifle or somewhere were points of where it ties into the fiber optic network. Uh, so this is increasing the, the number of people who will be able to get uh, wireless broadband at their houses by, I think, a, maybe about 15 or 20 percent higher numbers of people will be able to get the service because we did this joint project. Now, where Garfield County is on building their side of the infrastructure, I don't know. Jeannie, any thoughts about uh, internet and cell? No. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Eagle County ben benefits from our system too because a lot of the, the residents in the southwest part of Eagle County in the Roaring Fork Valley benefit from um, probably a high percentage of them have a direct line of sight to the uh, crown. So I was being facetious. We, I really don't know what's going on in Garfield County's broadband, but I will say that we are all members of the Northwest COG, which is working to increase broadband through a variety of ways, and um, Picking County and, and the Garfield County uh, Collaborative being one of them. So I don't know specifically what all is happening, but it is on the legislators' minds, and they are working each year. There has been a bill trying to make it more accessible for rural areas to have access to broadband. This affects, um, you know, when you're really rural, but also what about when you're a, a school-age kid and you need internet access or um, it, it, it's an equity issue across the country. And so the, our legislators are working on it. And again, it goes almost as slowly as working with the fire, to, uh, the forest service, but they're working on it and um, good things probably on the horizon. So the additional questions really were all regarding the housing crisis, really, that many seniors are identifying. Are there any other plans that we haven't spoken of already about ways uh, that we could potentially address the housing crunch in, uh, in, in our three counties? Anything we haven't already discussed? If we have, we can move on. But if there's anything else we can talk about regarding housing, that's really the most pressing issue, as we've identified, for the seniors here today. Um, one thing I think should be explored is um, there's a big movement to help people stay in their own homes, um, and maybe their home need maybe their house needs to have some work done on it to make it more accessible for them. Uh, in which case, you, they probably have to have carpenters come in uh, to widen some doorways. They might need to have ramps or lifts built to allow them to go from one floor to the other, different things like that, um, putting grab bars in the bathrooms, different things. So uh, if someone wants to stay in their own home, it's, it can be a way cheaper alternative than to going into a nursing home at some point. Get some home health care coming in have your house upgraded so it's more, makes it physically possible for them to, to live there. And uh, I think we should explore opportunities to uh, do more of that. I didn't fill out a card, but I'm wondering if I can ask a question. <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's someone or anyone thinking there's something we've missed 
in terms of is there an avenue for affordable housing, especially affordable housing for seniors, that we are not investigating, that you feel as if um, the, any one of the counties should be um, investigating? I, I agree before we start that yes, we should all be doing more, but if, is there something totally different that we haven't um, picked up on yet? I recently had the opportunity to go to the Aspen-Pitkin County Housing Authority to talk about senior needs and found out how difficult it is to get into the um, what is it, Aspen Country Inn, which is uh, senior priority. And the amount of paperwork you have to have, and if you have to go back like five years or six years and prove that you've been a resident and you've worked a certain amount of times and a W-2 form doesn't do it. You have to have something that shows hours. So in that case, I think you need somebody um, designated to work part-time with seniors to help them get the documentation they need. And I don't know whether that would be somebody through the Housing Authority or somebody through the Senior Center, but certainly our the staff at the Senior Center, you know, they're already doing so much. They don't have time. That is a very time-consuming effort. But if we could have somebody maybe paid on a part-time basis to assist seniors with housing issues. So the Aspen Country Inn is a thorn in the side of Pickin County for sure. Uh, it, it's a project that was supposed to be for senior housing. If there were no seniors who qualified, uh, then the city of Aspen, who controls the, their, it's their staff who run APSHA, the Aspen Pickin County Housing Authority. And so they would fill it up with other people who fit the guidelines. Well, it turns out it's very onerous process to show that you meet the guidelines and it's uh, it's pretty stringent requirements and it is really difficult for a senior to show that they qualify to live in the Aspen Country Inn. And I think that having a dialogue between the, the newly formed APSHA board and the senior services department and probably the Board of County Commissioners and City Council probably uh, is called for to try to resolve this question. I would like to see a lot more seniors living in that housing project than are currently there and to make it easier for them to stay there. I'm gonna do one add on to that. As a person who works with seniors every day, um, Every senior housing, um, independent senior housing in Garfield County has a different application. <laughs> um, and since they all have wait lists, I have to tell folks to fill out an application, make a copy of it, because you're gonna use that same information to fill out an application for every site. And I realize that it's depending on what funding built those facilities. But you would think there could be some simplification um, and I don't know whether or not the county commissioners could help kind of make that occur, but that's pretty much a daily question I get from folks that seems to be like there should be a simpler solution. <laughs> Hi. Um, KOA was the Skikar transferred KOA's business of, of uh, could you talk a little housing louder? into into uh, tiny houses. I uh, called Pitkin County in a half sort of interested way to say what, how can this be uh, part of the solution? In other words, you have a lot of land, construction costs, certain standards. Uh, th these can, I believe, be eliminated by the tiny house concept which is sometimes all that a person needs. I live in a, uh, a very uh, dated trailer home, and I only use a, a tiny house portion of it because of the construction 
issues and uh, water, electricity, all those kinds of things. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. It's, it's working out for me, but I was thinking the tiny house concept. So again, I did call Pitkin County. Uh, I talked to a couple of people and they said, well, it had crossed, it had crossed the threshold, but no decisions had been made, and I'm sure there's complications. Uh, okay, that's, uh, it's the tiny house thing in Pitkin County, or, or any county. So uh, currently, the, there is no provision in the Pitkin County Land Use Code for tiny homes. Um, there have been a couple instances, well, there was one instance uh, in the Phillips Mobile Home Park where a person was living in an Airstream trailer, which basically was a tiny home. And we made just special dispensation for them to be able to continue living there and not require them. It didn't fit anything in our building code or in our in our land use code, but we allowed them in one instance to continue living in that facility, that home. Um, we have, have started having a lot of discussions about allowing tiny homes and we're having discussions about having allowing tiny homes to be added in at the Phillips Mobile Home Park. Um, so I, I know that the commissioners are open to the idea of having changing the, the land use code to, uh, you know, specifically allow tiny homes, which are lower, you know, less square footage than is considered, uh, I think, perhaps livable for reason for health reasons. Um, in many many cases, people will have a grandmother unit they'll build next to their house, so their or mother-in-law unit, so their elderly relative can come and live live right next to them and have their own their own house. And oftentimes, those are nothing more than tiny house. And then they have the support system of the family and the bigger house that they can utilize. And that would be part part of what we would do at mobile, um, Phillips Mobile Home Park. The tiny homes would be real near the Con and LMA Phillips house, which would become, probably become more of a community center where, like a great big living room concept where people could uh, have more square footage to live in. And I think that makes it more livable that they can get out of their tiny space where they they sleep and spend part of their time. They can go into the bigger community common area to to visit with people and watch a big screen TV or or you know play games or those kind of things. So we are looking at that. Um, well, I'll, I'll see if we can kind of up the game and talk about it more and try to really do something about it now. Thank you, I appreciate the additional uh, avenues to, to sort of pursue, and I think I need to turn the mic back over to our, our, our MC here. <laughs> we have about eight minutes left. I think we have one more comment from uh, a, m a member of the audience, and then we'll talk about mental health in the last five minutes, if we can. I was told to make it quick. Um, so this is a request. Uh, this is in response to Jeannie's request for potential ideas that the counties might pursue. Is um, and I'm in Pitkin County. Uh, one of the challenges that we have is, I mean, of course, the obstacles like uh, cost and and all of that are there. But when, particularly in Pitkin, but true for all three counties, is that one of the challenges to keeping seniors in the community is when they begin having needs that exceed their ability to live independently without supports. Um, because we have a limited, especially low-income people, we have a limited number of assisted living facilities. Um, particularly, in, um, so one of the things though that try, they try to offset this is with the long-term care Medicaid benefit, there's also the HCBS waiver that permits a redirection of those benefits to helping provide a home health aid in the home to help keep people in the home because that's a benefit to taxpayers. It's much cheaper than paying for them for an assisted living bed. 
Um, in Pitkin County, we're particularly strapped because we only have one assisted living facility and it only has a couple of Medicaid dedicated beds. Um, so for our low-income people, really the only outlet to trying to keep them in the community once they need support is that HCBS waiver program. The problem here is, is that the reimbursement for any caregivers hired through that program are set at the federal level, and so the reimbursement rate is below what most people are willing to accept that, that they could even live on to support their families while they're trying to take care of an elderly person. So I do wonder if there are opportunities for the counties to look at um, making that reimbursement uh, for in-home support uh, more competitive uh, because I deal with folks regularly who could remain in their homes if they had a caregiver um, through that HCBS waiver program. But in Pitkin County, uh, the only way is if they can find somebody willing to accept that, um, that wage that is lower than what people could make doing many other things in the community. Thank you. It's certainly something we should we should ask questions about and and try and figure out if there's a way to layer funding. I know <clears throat> the federal reimbursement rates are, are a problem in a couple of different areas, and and we are working um, at the federal level to get them to understand that the cost of living here is such that that that. Um, reimbursement rate doesn't work, and it, it's not just for that. But we can probably investigate whether or not there's a way to layer county funding on top of federal funding and, and make that work. But I will, I will um, definitely pursue that. Thank you all for your ideas. Another thought on that is uh, if family members can be the paid, the people who are getting paid to care for their relatives, that helps the whole family out financially. and. Um, help solve part of the problem. Number one, just finding a, a person who's willing and able to come in and help do the home health care. In the final very few minutes, we have uh, four minutes. If each of you could briefly touch on the best mental health care resource you are aware of for who are seeking that, uh, if they're not able to, one specific question says, if we're not able to, if MindSprings is not an option, where can we go? Well, I, I will just say we're in a good place in Eagle County in terms of mental health and what we see on the horizon, and that's for all people. It's not specific to uh, seniors, but um, Vale Valley Behavioral Health is a um, newly started nonprofit. It has a very ambitious goal, and uh, Vale Health has gotten behind it with some really significant funding, and they are building out a different system of how to address mental health issues. And so, um, Definitely um, check them out online. They're, they're really just in the past couple of months. I think actually at the start of this month was their kickoff on their online uh, website. But they are working to address all of the needs of behavioral health. And um, they have some really good players that I am so optimistic about where we're going. Um, we just have to sort of build it out. So stay tuned. In, in Pickin County, mental health issues are always one of our top five issues when we're looking at uh, what's going on in the human services realm. Um, amongst different populations in the county, the jail population has a high, high rate of mental health and substance abuse issues. Amongst the homeless population, there's a high rate of mental health and substance abuse issues. Um, I think across the general population, that's a much higher rate than anybody suspects. I would say the point of contact, we have a, we have a whole m movement in Pickin County with, a, with our human services department kind of coordinating all of the efforts between the different nonprofits that work in, in this area and I, I would think contacting Pickin County Human Services in our Schultz building, which is located next 
to the hospital is would be where to go to find out more information or if someone is needing help you could always start there and then they could get you directed to the the the, the proper or organization now, there are many different nonprofits that work in this area and a lot of them are more specific to um, maybe suicide prevention or general mental health things or uh, you know there's different different places to go for help and they could help you direct you to the right place in five words or less Judy five words or less Garfield County usually uses mind springs okay um, and the Hope Center are the two that we tend to refer to. But the Department of Human Services, where I work, is another resource for folks to call, and we can kind of find, help, help find locations for you to go to. If you'll join me in thanking our commissioners, Eagle County, Pickin County, and our Garfield County Senior Services Representative, Judy Martin, we thank you very much for your time this morning. <laughs>